0: Uh, And we are excited to jump into the word. If you are new here with us today, uh, we are going through a sermon series on the book of Luke and we are about midway through Luke where Jesus is doing his final ministry before he goes to the cross. And so this part of our series is called The Road to Jerusalem as Jesus has his eyes in the final stage and we get his conversations and ministry before we get there. And so can we welcome John Rodriguez, who's going to be bringing forth the word today? It's really good to be with everyone today. Um, So before I start preaching, it's always easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. So I wasn't here last week. So, I know, I don't know. I, I watched the service and I didn't see it announced. So, two weeks ago, it was Winnie's birthday, Dre's birthday. There's somebody's birthday here today. I saw somebody say happy birthday. Your wife? Yes, happy birthday. It was Jess's birthday on Wednesday. She's not here today. You can send her your love. And then awesome thing, my parents celebrated their 49th wedding anniversary. (laughs) They don't look that old. Oh, it's my dad's birthday, too. They don't look that old. My dad turned 70. That man looked good. It's the chicharrón de pollo. It is. It is. Listen, if you guys stick around with us for the whole year, I'm preaching the 31st of December. I will teach you the chicharón de, so- de pollo song, all right? I will teach you that song so you can go home and you can sing it with your family because everybody loves chicharón de pollo, even if you're a vegetarian. <laughs> so I'd like to start today with a, a story and I titled this story, Young, Dumb, Broken in Love. That's the story of John and Jess when we first got married. We got married at 21, in love. We were dumb and broke. <laughs> Jess had a full-time job that probably paid her about thirty thousand dollars a year, and I had a temp job at a credit union, and uh, I think I got paid weekly, like two hundred bucks or something. I don't remember how much it was. It was bad, and um, we got married. <laughs> Somebody's laughing. Like, yeah, uh, we got married, and it was it was bad. Um, So if you've ever gotten married before, right, you have the post-marriage debt that comes with the nice wedding that you had and the honeymoon that you had and all the other things that you bought that you really didn't need on the honeymoon. You come back home and you have mad stuff that you're like, I'm never going to use this. When am I going to use this coral shell necklace? When? When am I going to use this? So we came back and we were broke, right? And uh, I was working part-time, so I was working like seven to 12 or something and I would get home early and it got to the point of being broke that <laughs> that um we didn't have anything in the fridge and nothing in the the pantry or whatever you want to call it It was a closet uh that had our coats and some food there was nothing in there and uh I got desperate right so I don't know about you guys but uh, I was like I'm a macho man right so you know, I got desperate, right? So I started uh, delivering newspapers in the morning. And then my car broke down, one time delivering newspapers. Um, so that was more money that I didn't have that I had to fix a car. Um, so we had a lot of stuff going on. And I remember feeling ashamed. I had this worry in my heart that we weren't going to make it. I felt like I was letting down Jess, that I was letting down um, my family. I felt like I was like, I was desperate but the one thing i can tell you is that even when we're desperate even when we're worried even when we're full of doubt god is still faithful and as humbling as it was for me mama would show up at church and she would slip 50 bucks in my pocket and be like jesus told me to give you this and i'd fight her take the money back you know didn't want to let her know that stuff was that bad but she would show up and then my mother-in-law would show up to the house with like two or three bags of groceries and like just dropping off like meats and milk and all this stuff. And I was like blown away that God was faithful. And to my shame, I still worried. There was no settling. I remember going through that entire summer and most of the fall with that knot in your stomach. Like, oh man, it's, this week is going to be bad because rent is due. The car payment's due. The cable's due. The internet's due. The telephone's due. And this is what I got in my bank account. And I remember feeling like that and walking around and feeling that shame of, man, I don't trust you, God. And today, Jesus gives us the warning against worry. We're reading from Luke, starting from verse 22 to 34. Read along with me. And he said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life? If you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you so anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not a rain like one of them. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not seek what you you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things Lord, we thank you for your word today, God. We thank you that it's alive and active, Lord God. And we pray that it would be active in our hearts and in our minds today, Lord God, that you would do a work in us. That you would make us hearers today, Lord God, as we sit here in person or online, Lord God, that you would open our hearts to receive what you have for us today, Lord God, because we want to hear from the living King. We honor you with our lives, Lord God, and we give you this time, Lord God, because we know that we need it, Lord God. We know we need to hear from you, God. So speak, Lord God, for your servant that's preaching, Lord God. I pray that you would hide me behind your cross, Lord God, that your voice would be heard, Lord God, that that I would just be the oracle of the Lord today, Lord God, and nothing else, God. I thank you in your precious name. Amen. Like I said, I always get the longest scriptures. <laughs> And so today Jesus confronts worry. And my first point for you today, worry is a thief. Last week, Justin spoke about covetousness or greed. Greed and worry, they're they're closely related. Greed never has enough and worry is afraid it will never have enough. Both of these have their eyes off of God and they they don't trust his provision. Can I tell you that worry in this instance is sin because you're not trusting God with your life. Just like the person who's uh, coveting everything, they're in sin. When you worry and you don't put your trust in God, you're in sin as well. I know that's a hard pill to swallow for many. And I know in our current environment, It is really, really hard to swallow. More than 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And in the church, it's even harder because you're asked to tithe, you're asked to give, and you already don't have much to give off of. And you're asked to give more, and it's like, but but what am I going to give? I don't have much. We have bills. If you have kids, I have to feed kids. I never knew how much kids eat until I got a 12-year-old that I go to BJ's like three times a month. I don't know how anybody goes to BJ's three times a month, but it happens. Kids eat. And it can get so desperate in your heart to hold back. From giving, to hold back from God, to hold back from trusting him with your tithe, for trusting him with your giving. Because it's easy, oh, I have more in my pocket, so that means I can do more for my family. It's not like you're trying to go out and buy like the latest sneakers or, you know, you're trying to go out and, you know, um, go to dinner every night. No, it's something as simple as just being able to put food on the table. And you're not trusting God with that. And Jesus says, don't worry. There's a command here, but it's a loving command from Jesus. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a harsh command. It's full of love because he doesn't want you to worry. And then he gives you the reason why you shouldn't worry. You have a loving father. Now, I know I've said this before, and I think David um, closed out that service really well. Maybe some of you have a bad example of a dad. Maybe he wasn't in your life. Maybe he didn't give to you. Maybe he didn't provide for the family. That's not our father in heaven. He loves us. He didn't hold anything back from us. He gave us his son. So what makes you think he wouldn't provide for every one of your needs? We fail to see how much worry does damage in our life. Physically, it robs us. When I was full of worry, when I'm full of worry, I can't sleep. I get sick a lot quicker. My brain chemistry's off. So I start thinking and racing through my mind all the things. I don't know about you guys. When I was full, when I'm full of worry and I lay down to go to sleep, sleep is not on my mind. The next day, what I did wrong that day, what I did wrong five days ago, what I got to do in five days is all running through my mind at the same time. And being New Yorkers, we used to hustling. So we try to hustle and think of ways how we're going to make things right. Right? Yo, what if I sell this chain? Yo, what if I go give blood? Do I really need two kidneys? All those kind of things. It's all run through my mind, guys. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lying to you. So i run through my mind, what if I sell all my sneakers, but then what am I going to wear? What if I do this? What if I do that? All that kind of stuff. Goes through your mind. But it also does something to us emotionally. Worry puts us on edge. I've noticed when I've had worry on my heart, I snap at my kids when they ask for something. I snap at my wife. I snap at my parents. Yes, I do snap at my parents. My mom can smack me if she wants to. Um, I, I snap at people. I, I, I'm very sarcastic in my response to people. Because I'm off. I'm full of worry. I'm full of anxiety. And I'm not trusting God with my life. And then Jesus goes and asks this profound question to the listeners. He says... Which of you by worrying can add an hour to your life? I remember when I read that, I stopped and I was like, ooh, that hurts. Of all the time that I've wasted worrying, there's no benefit to worry. There's no benefit to that anxiety. There's no benefit to it. Will it add more food to the table? No. Will it raise your salary? No. Will it stop something bad from happening to you? Absolutely not. I don't know about you guys. Have you ever been worried about something that might happen? That there's no reason why you would even be thinking about that? It's like, what happens if a nuclear blast happens? Like, what are you talking about? You were just out to dinner. You were just, it just it, it's a thought that happens in your mind. You go racing with this thing. And it takes, your, it takes your eyes off of God, and it puts your eyes on yourself, and you're worried about yourself. You're consumed with that thought. And Jesus does the best thing possible. He breaks it down into the three basic needs of life, food, shelter, and clothing. And he reminds us that life is more than those three basic things that are needed. There's an eternal component to life that we have to focus on. My second point is, do you know your value? You know that you don't get to set your own value. The money that's in your pocket or in your bank account, you don't set the value of that money. Someone else has set the value of the money, right? It's just paper. It's a promissory note. It's not even, it's a piece of paper that says, we promise to pay you back this. We promise to give you this. That's all that it is. You don't set the value, someone sets the value of the thing. You don't set the value on your own life. Someone has set that value. Now you can have one of two things set the value on your life. You could have people, your friends, your family, the people on Facebook. I'm not going to call them friends or family because half of them you don't even know, right? You can have them, you live your life for social. everything's good our marriage is great look at my car no that's not even your car look at my car (laughs) all those things are happening right you can live for those things and those people those things can add value to your life right you could say that's how i value my life or you can allow the creator to set the value on you and he's already done that because he's given us jesus he set the value it cost his son I want my creator setting my value. And Jesus lets the listeners to this know, he says, he reminds them that the birds, the lilies, and the grass, they're all cared for by God. But how much more valuable are you to him? See, if we go back to Genesis, he spoke all of those things into existence. We're the only ones that he got dirty for that he he knelt down and put together bit by bit. We're the only ones that are molded in his image. Take that into consideration when you're worrying about what you're gonna eat, where you're gonna live, what clothes you're gonna wear. We're image bearers, we're his little flock, as he says. We're his redeemed, we're his chosen. We often worry about material things because we have a low value of ourselves. We worry about what people think of us because we have a low value of ourselves. We don't understand what we're worth to him. So we let other people define our value. And Jesus is like, no, 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 you're more valuable than that. And he says, if I've taken care of the birds, they don't plant, they don't tend the field, but they're well taken care of. I live in New York, I've never seen a skinny bird in my life. I've never seen a skinny squirrel in my life. Other, the only person I know that feeds the squirrels is my father-in-law. He throws nuts out to the squirrels every day and then there's like five squirrels in front of my house waiting for him. You open the door and they're just like showing up. But I've never seen those things. I've never seen a a skinny rat in New York, be real. I've seen rats that look like dogs, they're bigger than chihuahuas. You're like, what's going on? If God cares for them, how much more would he care for us? (laughs) Everybody's thinking about those fat rats right now. Jesus, why do you care for those fat rats? (laughs) Why do you provide for them? I know my mom's laughing because they live across from this giant building where in the neighborhood I grew up, there was never like rats running around. All of a sudden this giant building shows up, there's rats galore. Eating my dad's car wires and stuff like that, all that stuff. (laughs) When we know who values us, we can be confident where to place our treasure. My third point is where is your treasure? He says uh, in verse 31, and then in 32, he says something that I just happened to catch. And It says, instead, seek his kingdom. And then in 32, it says, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. If we seek his kingdom, he will give us his kingdom. That's kind of what I got from that. If we're seeking his kingdom, he's going to give us his kingdom. But what is his kingdom? I don't know about you, but I've heard about the kingdom my whole life. And I'm like, but what is the kingdom? And when I was going through this text, I just pulled up some things that are the kingdom. The kingdom is the full inheritance that belongs to the king. The full attention that is the right of the royal family alone. The full privilege of reigning alongside the king the full provision of every need that we have the full pardon of all our sins against the king and his kingdom the full love and favor of the king himself that's just to name a few of the things that are the kingdom what's not the kingdom riches on earth perfect health the finest clothes a trouble-free life fulfillment of all our wants It's easy to make what's here your treasure. It's easy to make people your treasure. It's easy to make a nice house your treasure. It's easy to make wealth your treasure or fame your treasure. But Jesus tells his disciples when he's speaking to them, sell what you have and give alms. A test of true discipleship is can you give up what you have and trust God to provide? Can you give up your treasure here on earth and trust God to provide and to secure treasure for you in heaven? It's an undivided loyalty. When you can give up what you have here, when you can let go of what's in your hand and trust God to provide for all your needs. You know, giving is the antidote, antidote to covetousness and to worry. Because when you're coveting, when you're worried, this is, this is your stance. But when you give... This is your stance, your hands open, and you're giving to what's needed, right? And I don't want to get wrapped up in you trying to give to the church. That's not what my message is about. It's about caring and taking care of what God is all about. Because when you align yourself with his kingdom, his kingdom lives out through you. So you go and you're taking care of the poor. You're tending to the need of those that are hurt, those that have injustice, all these things that are going on. You're tending to those needs because you're kingdom-minded, because you're kingdom-focused, because your eyes are on the kingdom. And not on worry. Not on your providing for yourselves. Where your treasure is. You know your heart is the center of your entire being. It contains your reason, your convictions, your emotions, your will. And the nature of your heart is reflected in the things that you value or the things that you treasure. If what you treasure is only here on earth, it will reflect in the way that you treat people, in the way that you act, in everything that you do. But when your treasure's in heaven with God, it's His heart that's reflected in everything that you do. Jesus is speaking to worry here because it so easily consumed those people because they didn't have much. And it was very easy for them to get wrapped up in providing for just that day. Because most of the time they live day to day to day. And the same thing happens with us here today. We live day to day to day to day. And whether tomorrow is promised to us or not, if we're kingdom-minded, it does not matter because we trust that the king will provide for his people. Because he's a good king. He's not an evil king. He's a good king. He loves to give to us. As I get ready to close, Ben, you guys can come up. I want us to take some inventory of our hearts today. Be honest with yourself. It's not about me. It's not about any leader. It's not about any of those things. Be honest with yourself. Is your heart full of worry? Do you worry about the basic things of life, the food, the shelter, the clothing? Are you so full of worry that you're physically and emotionally sick? Well, the good thing is that we can take that worry today to Jesus. We can stop letting it rob us of the peace, the rest, and the trust we have in God. You have to understand your value is found in the eyes of your loving father. He cares for you and he does not want you walking around sick from worry. He wants you to seek his kingdom because he wants to give you his kingdom. And the opportunity is yours today. You can bring your worries to the feet of Jesus. And you can walk away with the kingdom on your heart. With the kingdom as your treasure. With Jesus as all that you need. Or you can leave here with your worry. And all it's going to do is rob you of your time. Your physical and emotional health and it's gonna leave you still wanting when Jesus never leaves us wanting. Let's bow our heads. While the band does the last song, there'll be leaders lined up in the back and we'll be ready to pray for you guys. If you want prayer for what I've shared today, you're welcome to come to the back Every one of those leaders has been there, so don't feel um, like you're unique in any way, shape, or form. We've all been there, and we have all will be there once again because we live in flawed bodies, and we will have moments of worry. You're not alone in this. And if there's anything else going on in your life that you need prayer for, you're welcome to come to the back too. So Lord, we bring today our hearts to you We thank you for that gentle, loving command not to worry. We thank you that we have a loving Father in heaven who cares for us, who sent his Son to die for us, to prepare a place for us to be sons and daughters of the Most High, to give us a place in the royal family. So we ask today that you would help us Not to be consumed with worry, but to give our worry to you and to trust you at your word that you will provide all that we need when we put you first. Help us always to put you first, Jesus, in every aspect of our lives. We thank you today that we're not alone in this, Lord. But you've provided a family for us to walk alongside moments of confession, so that we know we're not alone, Lord God, so we can have our, our brother and our sister pray with us, Lord God, and we can walk together as we both serve and pursue Jesus. We thank you today, Lord. In your precious name I pray. Amen.